I'm crashing and burning here. Oh God. Welcome to Earth. I mean, welcome to Let's Rewatch, the show where we like to watch movies from our youth and decide if they're actually as good as we remember them. As always, I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. And there's no Ashen Bryce here. So yeah, they died. <laughs> I just want to point out that Ash and Bryce are not here because they're traveling the world. They're both in Europe now, so they can't possibly record a podcast. Meanwhile, I'm in Italy, and I'm recording the podcast. So Bryce is not in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bryce is not here. So it just shows how important this podcast is to some people. But to make up for the absence of Ash and Bryce, we have a very special guest. We've got Holland Farkas with us. Hello. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem. You, you've already been super patient with some of our technical difficulties. Hopefully no, it's can... fine. This is this is the first time. Yeah. <laughs> this, is this is all fresh. <laughs> this is definitely the first time, not 20 minutes into a last recording. Yes. <laughs> it's, there's been more time for the coffee to kick in, so it's just going to keep getting better. Yes, it's a very early record for us, at least for you guys over in the uh, Pacific time zone. So you may know or remember Holland from uh, Geek and Sundry. She was a blogger with Geek and Sundry, and she was a creative producer with Rocket Jump. And now you can catch her on her Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast called Sunnydale Study Group. And so you're watching all of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series and talking us through each episode? Yes. Yeah, we started at the beginning of last year, and now we're halfway through season three. Okay. So, so you're in very exciting. You're in the good part of the series where things are firing yeah. on all cylinders. Yeah, we just had Helpless go up this week, which is like right actually smack dab in the middle um, of season three. So yeah, it's like about it's the I don't know they're all good episodes, but like this is like <laughs> the I don't know this is the real good episode. I really like season three. It's probably my favorite season. Are they all good episodes? They're probably not all good. Ep I don't know. I'm just like one of those people that it's like if there's a show that I really like, even the bad episodes, I yeah. still like because I'm not one of those Fair people enough. that's like, oh, you can skip this episode. I'm like, no, like you should watch, watch every all. episode. And then like maybe if you didn't like this one, don't rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all uh, various levels of fans of Buffy. We did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie for this podcast months ago. Um, I'm a little bit into season two. It's getting better for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I do have to point out that there was an episode where the, the bad guy was a puppet. And that seems pretty yeah. indefensible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, that was kind of weird. It was more <laughs> like, it's just like very like kitschy nineties. Like it was Maybe. totally probably around like the Chucky era. Yeah. Like yeah. It was a thing. Other people were doing it. I mean, you got to look at it. Gotta look at it as that point in time in television and movies and yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's scary. You get, there's that much. <laughs> I feel like it was like Slappy the dummy from Goosebumps, basically. Oh my, oh my god. god, it totally it's like was the same dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got that disease too, where I have to watch every episode, and I actually did not watch that episode. I got through the cold open. I'm like, nope. <laughs> can't do this it's actually it's actually a pretty cool episode the reveal of like who the villain is is actually 
pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's season one puppet show. Yeah. That's like the fourth episode, I think. It's like real yeah, early. It's yeah. really early. So if you are also watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, clearly Holland is, <laughs> is going to have a lot of insight for you on the show. I'm uh, kind of stalled a little bit, but when I get back to Buffy, definitely going to check out your show. Thanks. And so it's, it's great to have you here to give uh, some of that insight into the movie that we're watching this week, as you may have guessed, it is Independence Day from 1996. Uh, definitely kind of close to that era of movies that we tend to love around here. It's just after the peak of cinema. Yeah, yeah. Just a few years after Jurassic Park, which <laughs> I guess is the peak of cinema, at least as far as our group is concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this, this movie is uh, from a creative team that we've seen bring us a lot of really big blockbuster movies. Uh, director Roland Emmerich, producer Dean Devlin, and they co-wrote this and co-wrote a lot of movies together that they worked on, um, starting with Universal Soldier, then Stargate, uh, then, of course, Independence Day, followed by Godzilla, The Patriot, Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC, really big blockbuster movies where lots of people die and lots of people get blown up. And I think there's a lot of movies that some of us love here. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Stargate. Yeah, I love Stargate. Yep. Yeah. The TV show, not the movie. <laughs> oh, so we, we feel the same about Stargate as we did Buffy. You didn't love the movie, but you loved the TV show. Yeah. Christopher Walken made no sense as whoever he was, the doctor. Dude. Wait, what? Christopher, what? Christopher, no, it's not Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's that guy who looks a lot like him, but isn't him. Yeah, suddenly you... <laughs> Is it John Voight? I've never yeah. seen Stargate, no, I, but... Maybe I, you're talking about James Spader. That's how much I hated the movie. I don't even remember uh, who was in it. I, I think she means James Spader. Yes, I James do. Spader? That's who, that's, okay. who I, that's who I mean, yes. That is very different. Although, I always confuse Christopher Walken and John Voight. I could see that. I could see old Spader starting to become a little Walken-ish. Yeah, actually. Next, next time you watch Stargate the movie, think but, like, about he's it. He's young in that. I yeah. don't know. I have to look this up. Spader is super Sorry, young continue. in Stargate. I feel like the old Spader, like uh, when he was on Office. Oh, I forgot about that season. Or of like the Blacklist. And, and he looks, he now? looks like kind of a like a like a more bloated Christopher Walken. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, see? I think Blacklist crazy. is interesting. I think Spader is becoming the Spader that we'll remember for years to come in Blacklist. He's kind of becoming his Anthony Hopkins version of himself. This this mature Spader is something very interesting. But yeah, there's uh, there's no Spader in the movie that we're talking about this time. Um, but Independence Day does have a ton of really great actors that we all know and love. Um, of course, our main lead here, I think, is Will Smith. You could argue Jeff Goldblum. They're kind of co-stars here. Um, but this is a, a big Will Smith movie. You got your Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Mary McDonnell. Um, I really like Judd Hirsch, though he may be a little bit out of our age group. Um, and there's some fun Randy Quaid being Randy Quaid if I remember correctly. So, of course, this was the time when Will Smith was really exploding. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was 1990 to 1996. <laughs> Sorry. Just imagining yeah. him exploding. <laughs> <laughs> exploding onto our screens. Oh, God. 
Stop he it. got us so excited and built us into a frenzy until he eventually exploded on our screen. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was uh, at the end of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Bel Air Fresh Prince ended in 1996. Bad Boys was in 95. And then after Fresh Prince of Bel Air ended, we had Independence Day. And then suddenly Will Smith was this big international movie star in these big, crazy action movies. Yeah. When, when did he get jiggy with it? Was that like right then? Or was that like in the early two thousands? I don't remember I don't exactly remember. when that was popular. There's so many song, Will Smith songs that are directly well, tied into movies. Yeah. Cause there was the men in black song in mm-hmm. the credits oh, of men in black where there's the whole like video with him dancing with the aliens and after the credits. Yeah. Totally that was forgot great. about that. Song. That was on, yeah. that was like on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. There was and the Wiki then, Wiki Wild Wild West song. But w- was Jiggy uh, a, a movie thing or was that before? I don't think so. I don't Sounds know. Like but I'm. this is great because I'm going on a road trip this weekend and all of those songs are just getting added to the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be six hours to San Francisco. It's all Will Smith. My oh, friends you, are going to hate me. You got to listen to that summer, summer time. That song, that's perfect for your uh, road trip. <laughs> There are so many songs I don't remember. Hold on. I have to figure out what getting jiggy with it was. Why is there no 1997? Oh, okay. oh, wow. I wonder if that was so, tied yeah, into a movie. Was, uh, so he had Men in Black was 97, then Enemy of the State in 1998. Maybe getting jiggy with it was an Enemy of the State. Oh, it was released. Actually, it was technically re- released the beginning of 98. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been perfect for Enemy of the State, right? the tone's really lined up there right there's a whole moment when he's singing getting jiggy with it while the cia was chasing him oh yeah yeah that's that's the best chase music yeah (laughs) so i i would assume that most that we've all seen independence day right nope (laughs) i'm a newbie in fact i just found out like yesterday that will smith was in it and i didn't know how have you not seen Independence Day? I have a crippling fear of aliens. Oh, I forgot about your crippling fear of aliens. This should be <laughs> <Yes>. really fun. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad I'm not in the same room with you when you watch this movie. I, I, I'm hoping that um, they're not actually scary. Like, like the lines are blurred <laughs> in my head between this movie okay. and the movie with the uh, like the ugly aliens that look like stupid cartoon characters yes that one um so yeah sarah michelle uh not sarah michelle geller sarah disco parker's head is on a dog (laughs) that's my main memory from that movie (laughs) with my dad yeah yeah that's a weird movie was first Bueller's head on a dog too i thought it was just one i just remember because on the cover of the movie it's just yeah sarah disco parker's head on a dog i think it's just her there's something goofy with Ferris Bueller in that one, too. We might have to go back and check out Mars Attacks. It's a great movie. <laughs> oh, man. I, on the other hand, love aliens and just will watch anything with aliens. Of course. Speaking of aliens, the actual movie Aliens, I haven't seen it. Well, that I movie know- is scary. Yes, I know, and it's on our list. I watched that. I was way too young when I watched that movie for the first time. I, uh, I maintain that Alien, the first movie, is a perfect movie. It is it's so good. The best. So you're not going to make me watch it? 
Oh, I want Yay. you to watch it. Whether we do it for the Aww. show or not, you need to see Alien. It's just a perfect You don't movie. realize the, like, crippling fear I will have to be in my house alone at night if I do watch it. Like, okay. Sounds like a plan. Watch oh that movie. God. Leave you alone. Our house is not like a crazy space station. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is right next to JPL. You don't know what <laughs> yeah, shit they're doing. <laughs> you don't um, know what's here. There's all kinds of weird noises at night. All those employees could be aliens. We don't know. So do you have any expectations, Sam? Or I don't. Yeah. I genuinely know Blank so slate. very little about this movie. Okay. I'm not sure if it's going to kind of be cheesy, stupid, or like fun action. I'm not sure like where along that line it, it falls. Yeah, well, I think most, most of the Will Smith stuff is like cheese action. All, all the movies he's been in. Perfect. Yeah. Can we call that action? It's... It's not whimsy, uh, whimsical action. It's cheese action. Check. Perfect. My check favorite. Action. Will Smith action. Check. Yes. Uh, but it's like, you know, Men in, Men in Black, um, Wild Wild West. Like, this is kind of the same vibe as those, if I remember correctly. Okay. I think so. so. Perfect. Yeah. He got a little I'm more serious excited. later. Like, I Am Legend was much more oh, dark. But that traumatized me. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you expect, Brett? More than anything about the movie what i remember most is uh what might be the most famous movie poster of all time is that image of the white house being exploded uh that was so popular and i i I feel like that's what sold the movie uh and just that one image is burned into my brain as like this is the movie i totally Uh, remember that poster yeah i remember that moment i think we've seen that moment more times than the movie because it's that moment has been all over the place. Anytime you see people talking about visual effects in the nineties, you know, the, you see the models, you see the explosions. And, and I think this was one of those movies that really kicked off this destruction porn that we see in movies now. Like everybody wants to blow up entire cities after independence day. Yeah. I feel like this might've been like the first time that people were just like blowing up national monuments for fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching it, uh, not just for that scene, but <laughs> good because uh, there's more of the movie than just those 20 seconds. There's there's the one the one scene in particular. Uh, uh, I can't talk about it because spoilers, but it's a, it's a, it's a pretty great Will Smith scene uh, that I'm looking forward to, and it's I, I think it's your your welcome to Earth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we can't talk about this movie without saying welcome to Earth. Exactly. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be just as enjoyable, uh, if not uh, a little bit more cheesy than I remember it, uh, mm. because our, our standards for things that are cheesy has, has become quite a wide net. Well, I, I think the movie will be enjoyable. I remember liking this, but not absolutely loving it. Um, so my expectation is that it's going to be pretty good. Um, there, there's a few moments that are joyous and there's one that I'm very tempted to talk about, but I'd rather just save until we've seen it. But yeah, there's some, there's some really fun stuff, but overall I think it's pretty okay. So Holland, what, what do you expect to get out of this? I feel like I've recently got into the tradition in the past few years of like watching Independence Day on July 4th. Um, I wish it was because there was... Yeah, it was, there was definitely like a really long time since I had seen it. And then I think two years ago, I, we had like watched it on July 4th and then I did the same thing last year 
and now I'm going to do the same thing this year. So, so you saw this last year. You've seen yeah. it very recently. It was because like it was one of those movies that like I just hadn't seen since childhood and then watched again. It's not like the best movie in the world, but at the same time, I love it. Like I definitely okay. have just like a adoration for it. Uh, I because it just Jeff Goldblum is great in this movie. Oh yeah, He's Jeff Goldblum so is a, a national freaking treasure. He's so great in this movie. It's I, like it's like the same. It's like Jurassic Park level. Yeah. Um, I uh, 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 love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> prime Jeff best. Goldblum. And also there's just so many random characters in this movie that are awesome. Like there's so many characters that just have like their little like quirks or their little things about them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like the story, like I really like the storyline too with them. Um, no, with, no like, spoilers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil <laughs> it, but the like storyline with like uh, Randy Quaid and like them. And like James yeah. Duvall and all of them, even like that storyline is really, or even like, like the C storyline, like Harvey really Firestein's one note character. Yeah. Is still His voice fun. is so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's definitely a fun movie. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. It, it has a lot of moments that you don't necessarily realize are from this movie that I okay. think are like really heavily referenced, but okay. I definitely enjoy it. So I think we're expecting fun and yeah. maybe not the best movie ever, but we're expecting to have some fun. All right. So we're going to rewatch Independence Day. It's uh, as far as I can see, it's not on Netflix or Hulu's or anything, but available through your online rental services like iTunes. It's on HBO Go. Yes. Oh, is it? Yeah. I so we'll it be is. watching it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So HBO Go, HBO Now, iTunes, Google Play. So we're going to rewatch uh, Independence Day and then we'll come back and tell you what we thought. Get jiggy with it. I don't know. Get jiggy with it. So we just rewatched Independence Day and right off the bat I think we need to address the elephant in the room. This movie stole a lot from Contact. Oh, just that one scene with all the, the satellites. Yeah, the the same at the very large array in New Mexico where they received the signal, the first verifiable signal from an alien, an alien. Yeah, source. that was the only part that felt nah. contacty. <laughs> I, I, I think the, they uh, stole more from Mad Max with the caravan of RVs. Okay, okay. But they also had crazy caravan people in contact going crazy, welcoming the aliens. Yeah, mm -hmm. but contact sucked. Uh, are you saying Independence Day is better than contact? Yes. Yes, I am. We might have I to don't know fight. About that. Like, contact has got some big flaws, and I will admit that. The movie Contact has some big flaws. But overall, I think it's great, and I'm in love with Carl Sagan. I'll defend everything he does. But yeah, the movie had some problems, but it was still a great movie. I, I liked yeah. it. That was one alien movie I have seen. But let's talk about Independence Day. What did you think of the big, <laughs> scary aliens, Sam? They were a little creepy, but the animation was bad, so I did okay. <laughs> like if Guillermo oh, del Toro so visual effects had animated so good, them. They're not scary? It's the movement. Like if it doesn't move like a real thing, then I'm like, it's fake. Did the movement but seem alien? Brett, no, oh. not funny. I don't know. Take it back. When, when they cracked open that encounter suit and it started wiggling out, oh yeah, that seemed pretty realistic. You know, no, that was the part me, where I was like, ha, "It's so fake." 
That's it was like when they cut open the turkey in Christmas Vacation and it's really dry and it just goes like, (laughs) that's what it was. I don't know. It felt like an alien when the when the egg opens up and the little face hugger starts climbing out. It seemed very natural. I haven't seen it. Oh, I don't right. know. That's different, though. Yeah, uh, it's well, Sam. Sam has this the 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 ruined forever because she's made that stuff before. Yeah. Thing. Uh, so she's like, oh, that looks just like this this latex material that we use. <laughs> yeah. Well, to an uneducated I mean, audience, I thought it looked pretty real. Yeah. No. So the okay. So it was the way it moved that it didn't creep me out because it wasn't hyper-realistic to my well-trained animator's eye. It, I'm not saying it looked bad. Ooh, I'm just saying... well-trained animator's eye. Oh, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to, <laughs> to tell Nick that I agree with him, but it didn't scare me. Okay. The design was gross and creepy. And yes, like when they were floating in those little vials, I was like, eh. Mm. But then when it moved, like, I was like, okay, it's not real. So it didn't scare me. So that is my only statement. I'm not saying that it was bad effects. I'm just saying the animation was a little off, so it didn't freak me out as much. Well, so what about, and, you know, when I first saw this movie, when it first came out, Star Trek The Next Generation had just ended. And it was so exciting to see Data on screen as the crazy scientist. So Wait, the, what? What? You didn't realize that I didn't that know was- that was... Yeah, that was Brent Spiner, the guy with the crazy long gray hair. And then the other awesome moment I was going to ask you about where the alien slams him against the glass. Really? Is that really the same? That's the same actor? That was. Oh, my God. I'm not big into. I haven't. I granted, I have not watched that much Star Trek. But is that really? No. Is that really the same person? Don't. Well, like, I, don't even bother picking up your phones. I and the rest of our listeners are happening. yelling at you right now. It's 100% Is it no, really? You've been wrong before. Yeah. We cannot trust you. Okay, well, uh, sit back, uh, listeners. Oh, shit, it Everybody is! Google it. It is! Yeah. It is! What the shit? It is! I didn't realize that. Wow! Because there's something about his face that looks familiar enough. Yeah. Holy mm. crap! But that's enough wow. for me to look him up. Like I looked up three of the other actors that were much more minor, and him, I was like, he looks a little familiar. But eh. wow! <laughs> because he was our that's... our android best friend for over seven years. Yeah. Mind blown. Oh man! See, I, I this is I can be excused because I I've only seen like a handful of episodes of Star Trek, and that's like my biggest blind sight. Yeah, we uh, watched spot. all of Next Gen, yeah, that's and I was like, that's just a guy. Wow. <laughs> it was good makeup effects. We're not bad fans. Good makeup. <laughs> the hair but and everything. Did, did that scare you when the alien slammed him up against the glass and did the release me? No. No? None of not this, at all. None of this pushed your buttons. That's too bad. It, I'm, I'm telling you, the thing that pushed my buttons a little bit was like um what it was the the tube thingies those ones were creepy to me and then a little bit of like the cutting scene so what about the uh the other recognizable actor it's to me it's weird as a Battlestar Galactica fan seeing Mary McDonnell and her not being the president that's <gasps> Sam just screaming yes. she's the president I was like the president's in this the president's in this the president's yeah. married to the president she's not the president it's weird like, she should be making the all the president. decisions. A tale I of know. two presidents. I know. 
she is the best president and in my mind will be every tv president ever yeah she's she's the best man and then they killed her yeah yeah and she didn't even get to die on screen i know because she's sleeping yeah yeah it was weird it's like hey little girl go wait outside i'll be the one to be with her when she dies and then lie to you later yeah also i mean it's that it's that writing trope of like the woman only exists and dies to make the male character stronger it has nothing to do with like who she is as a written character so yeah i think there's a lot i even to that i was even commenting while she was dying i was like she's even apologizing on her way out like <laughs> yeah she totally did yeah she doesn't i didn't she doesn't really do anything she's in the like, movie too she's just dying for most of it it's just her I'm lying dying. around dying i'm sorry. so sorry, sorry yeah. i didn't listen to you when you exactly told me you said yeah. yeah yeah but i think that was also i started a list of ridiculous things that happened only to get a cinematic moment and i think that was one like <laughs> And there was a lot in this yes. movie. Like there was a moment where the police car is driving when the aliens first show up. So the police car just stops randomly. And then there, of course, there's a pileup yeah. of other cars behind him. And then an armored car comes out of nowhere, yeah. blows through the intersection and hits a cop car just totally. for the cinematic moment. Yep. Also, like I've never been to New York, but all of the stereotypes of, of driving there that I've heard about is like, how is everybody driving 50 miles an hour anywhere in the city? Yeah, and then just stopping suddenly. Yeah, like coming upon a completely empty intersection and like, I don't know, it just seemed... That was yeah. that was not the most battleshipy moment, though. No. The worst thing Okay, was let's Jeff get into Goldblum. battleshipping. <laughs> battleshipping, man. Uh, Jeff Goldblum hacking that phone yes. from the parking lot. What? What? That's the thing that bothers you? Let's go to Jeff uh, Goldblum hacking an alien mothership. Come on. Chron- chronologically, I got okay. from the beginning to end. <laughs> the beginning. Okay. There's so many things. There's and the there's the there's the phone hack. There's the that that thing hacking the ship. There's uh, they blew up the spaceship above Area 51, and everyone cheers, not realizing that they're all about to die as it falls on them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of that. It's all crazy. It's it's all to get that. It's a little bit Michael Bayish. It's just getting that cinematic moment. Like, and this was 1996. Like, this was a time when I was wrestling with dial-up modems to connect to BBS systems. And I was lucky if my phone line would connect. And just watching this movie drove me crazy at that time and still now. Like, thank God the alien was Apple compatible. Like... How could he possibly yeah. even write the virus, let alone connect to their no, system? That's, that's, no, but that's what I was thinking, too, because I was just like, because it's like, oh, they used a virus to, you know, like, override the alien computers. And I was like, okay, so first of all, like, Macs can't get viruses. Think of this as a Mac, <laughs> but like a hundred times better than that. Space Mac. How are you writing a virus? Because I, I think it was uh, when I was watching this, I think it was like last year or maybe like two years ago. That was the first time that I realized I was like, oh, wait, it's literally a virus. Like, that's how they win. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But yeah, in 1996, I feel like you get away with more because no one really understands how any of that works. Exactly. They're, they're like, oh, yeah. They're also really lucky that the mothership like automatically pushes system updates to all of the yeah. other spaceships. <laughs> yeah. And, like and the, fighter sh- the fighter planes immediately. And yeah. it uploaded pretty quickly, too, over whatever connection. Like, I don't. Dude, uh, he wrote the code in like 
five minutes. Yeah. Well, like their code couldn't have been that great because they had to use our satellites to broadcast their countdown clock. It's true. And and also, didn't they already establish that the Area 51 ship that they had was connected to their network? Like, why? Yeah, it was like once the ships got close enough. (laughs) That's true. Once the ships got close enough, they were like, oh, this is lighting up now. That's such a fantastic thought, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. And, and also, I think they like, just had to go to the core, the mother, because that it was literally the mother drive. I think is what they were saying. Like they literally had to go to the center to blow it up, like everything else. Got to infect the mainframe. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was, was it was just for the drama. That's all it is. You know? Like weird yeah. little stacks of things that barely make sense just for the drama. It bothers me that they don't wear spacesuits. I know because they don't know that, that ship well enough, and they literally just go into space. And I'm like, even when you are in a spaceship, you wear a spacesuit because you're going into space. And yeah. they're just like, even going. the aliens wear the spacesuit. They're suits. just going, yeah, yeah. I'm well, like, it, okay. It, it also bothered me that Will Smith gets in this ship. Let's forget for a moment that he knew how to fly it because he had seen it fly. Yeah, we'll put that aside. Yeah, <laughs> but he just knew where to go to get to the mothership. It's like. Okay, it's in space. So let's go to space and then we'll be there because it's in space. It's ridiculous totally. to think that you would know where to go to find that thing. All of the travel stuff in this movie doesn't make any sense. Because like the first thing that I was thinking about was like driving from New York to D.C. takes like eight hours. So that doesn't make sense. And then also like when Will Smith steals the helicopter to like go find his girlfriend. He just magically yeah. what just like flies over all of Los Angeles and like happens to see them yeah that was nuts we're just like okay and then yeah the whole space thing where it's literally like oh here we'll just shoot into space and magically be in space and then oh look there they are space isn't huge or anything i i thought about that too where will smith takes a helicopter but they did establish that she went to his military base and he knew she was going to the military base but still he lands that helicopter and walks right up to her yeah and like she was like going around town picking people up so I really enjoyed uh, President Bill Pullman's speech about Independence Day. And I really enjoyed the line, perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And I couldn't help but thinking, perhaps it's just really flimsy writing that today is the 4th of July. <laughs> uh, it, the writing was what killed me. Like halfway through the movie, Brett turned to me and said like, oh, I really wish the music wasn't so cheesy. And I'm like, no, it's not the music that's cheesy right now. The score is actually quite beautiful. It's these like stupid mm. one-liners that are making it feel cheesy. Just like That's interesting everything. that the tone could be off because of the writing, but it feels like the music yeah. is off. Yeah, because what would happen is like the writing makes it not feel as dramatic as it should be, but the music has the dramatic moment that the director wants. So then you interpret it as like, come on, music, you don't know what's going on right now <laughs> but it's like no the writing like the writing thinks it's more dramatic than it is poor composer was just told to do whatever the director wanted you know can you yeah, ratchet down the awesomeness of this music yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was the other movie that did that uh, shutter island oh yeah that was, was just like nothing's happening on screen and they're like yeah, yeah like inception noises mm-hmm yeah, I fell asleep during the middle of that movie and then I woke up and I was so confused. <laughs> but I never went confusing. back. I was like, oh, well, I know what happens now. So <laughs> no point. So you know what's funny? I, if 
If you had asked me yesterday, I would, I was positive that the let's go faster, let's go faster, that that was in Jurassic Park, right? Huh. Like, like when they're running away from the... When, when Jeff Goldblum's in the back of the Jeep and the Tyrannosaur is chasing them, I remember him going, must go faster, must go faster. But yeah, I guess says, that was... Doesn't this history. thing go any faster? I think that's his line in Jurassic Park. It just really feels like he's playing the same notes in this movie. <laughs> it's like he's <laughs> the smartest guy in the room. And, you know, I think I've said before, I really enjoy watching uh, Bruce Willis and um, Mel Gibson get tortured just get the shit beat out of them and i think mm-hmm. i really enjoy watching jeff goldblum figure shit out like he you can really see the wheels turning in his head and he's like the smartest guy there and he figures out everything and then makes everybody else look dumb i think that's what goldblum does yeah and i i think you're right because i mean Everybody loves Jeff Goldblum, but I don't think it's because of of his cinematic range, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they like him because of the same reasons people like Han Solo. His like awesome quips and like shutdowns of everybody. Like he's just more mm. clever. And his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we and, had a and conversation, and we realized that young Jeff Goldblum and old Jeff Goldblum almost look like two different actors because yeah. I was like, why didn't they just get Jeff Goldblum's father to play his action, his dad in the movie? Oh, no. And it turned to Brett, I was like, wait, I'm thinking of old Jeff Goldblum <laughs> as a completely different actor. Like <laughs> they can't get Jeff oh. Goldblum's father to play in the movie. Cause it's Jeff Goldblum. Like, okay, I wonder if one day in the future they'll actually do that. Like, do you ever think like film like a younger actor playing a role and then like years in the future they just film their older version of it and then they put it together that's like the next step after boyhood i feel like it's just you playing your own i had that idea and i thought it would be super cool and you would really invest in you know hiring actors shoot part of a movie come back 20 years later and shoot the rest of the movie and then they did it boyhood and i was like i feel like that's the next step I think what Holland wants is uh, <laughs> Ed, Eddie Murphy to actually play all of the clumps. That <laughs> <laughs> like that's got to be, that's the ultimate cinematic achievement, though. Imagine this young actor, like you start off as like they're like two years old and they're just playing all these different roles that like did these different ages oh. of their lives. And then by the end of it, you edit it all together. And if it all works out, that's the next like it takes like. 80 years to make this movie but it, that's like the ultimate cinematic and the achievement way, the way you select the uh the actors like the same way you find the dalai lama and the last airbender <laughs> they have to like select the right toys <laughs> like, well you know how about this oh maybe that's exactly what eddie murphy's been doing for the past 20 years <laughs> well, we haven't possible. seen him do I mean, anything else be doing right? It right now maybe there's this awesome movie on the way that we just we're not going to see for another 20 or 30 years I'd love to see Goldblum talking to himself. There, uh, there, there'd just be a lot of really uh, thoughtful pauses, and uh, the scene would 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 go on forever. Okay, I think it'd be so fantastic. this might. This is a question that I definitely should know the answer to by now, and I don't. Why is that the stereotype of Jeff Goldblum? Like, I didn't hear that in any of his acting in this movie. I Are don't think of him like me? that in Jurassic Park. Are you kidding like, me? Wh- he does that all the time. I don't time. hear it. There was even a I point where, uh, and I, I can't remember what her role was. She was like the assistant to the president, where it seemed like she had spent so much time around Jeff Goldblum that she did it. 
where like he he fired that uh secretary of defense and he's like he can't do that and she goes well he just uh did (laughs) spending so much time around gold bloom that you're gold blooming right now (laughs) no he does that all the time like uh in jurassic park you you uh spent so much time trying to figure out if you could you uh uh, didn't think didn't stop to think if you should he does that what? so in much. my head that line is like beautiful and flawless and you spend all this time thinking if you could and you didn't stop to think if you should like no, that's it is not what <laughs> go back and watch oh that my scene. god i've it's rich with like, pregnant pauses oh my god i have like gold bloom blinders on gold bloom blindness <laughs> <laughs> just seems normal to me it's like the same know. thing that christopher walken does i hear it with christopher walken <laughs> but not <with> yeah <laughs> walken's a different animal but you know i guess what he's, he's a gorilla to do <laughs> what he's trying to do is, a- is put a thoughtfulness into his his performance like he wants you to see that he's really thinking about stuff and maybe it just it works for you where what i see is a bunch of pauses <laughs> He performs like you can go see him once a month at like a it's like some like jazz club and what? he like plays jazz and he's I know a like bunch of people who a go real life Ron Swanson yeah oh my god he's like he is he's Duke Silver and yes. uh, what does he people play? will just post pictures with him on Facebook I don't know maybe like saxophone or something I want to say saxophone because yes. that sounds cool but you I can see him um, <laughs> 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 but yeah he does he's he has a real life Duke Silver. I want to go yeah, see Duke, him because then you can you can just meet him and talk to him afterwards. He's just super cool about it. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah, he seems like he'd be so. a super cool guy. Yeah. Like he would chat with you and stuff, and look into your soul with those gold bloom eyes. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Do you remember recently we were talking about in movies sometimes they'll shoot a shot normally at normal speed, but then in editing they decide they want it to be slow mo, so they do this post production slow mo. Did you yes. guys notice that a lot in this movie? Um, basically the whole time, hmm. like all of the fire, anytime there was fire on screen, it was moving really oh, slow. I thought the fire worked. You think the fire works? In Independence Day, you think the fire works? <laughs> or like the the uh, uh, the cars f- like flying through the air and yeah. very slowly, gently crushing other cars into bits. And I feel like yeah. there were a bunch also, of it was just, alien ship shots that did that. And yeah, it really those weird. are the ones that really got me. Yeah. And it was also just like anytime there was any sort of explosion and people running from it, they were all, which like makes sense because like slow motion, explosion, slow motion, running, but like every single time. But like the real time uh, Will Smith's girlfriend in the tunnel and the, and slow, then mo the slow motion fire coming at her, like just enough time dug. to get away. Yeah. Yeah, so Action dog. shoot it that way. Shoot Action it at the dog. correct frame rate. Don't like tweak it in post production. It looks so weird. But you can fix anything in post. Yeah, it just also looked weird because it's obviously like green screen and then explosion. So like that was <laughs> there were so many things going on. That scene in the tunnel with uh, with Vivica Fox, you know, jumping in and like getting the door open, barely gets in, and then waits for the dog, and the dog barely makes it. That should drive me crazy. That was the best scene of the movie. Action dog. <laughs> that's that just, that's my favorite. Dog the always movie. survives. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. No, the, they they usually don't actually. Yeah. So it's always good when the dog does survive. Yeah, and that that scene is like the whole mood of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That like 
don't forget the dog. Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine if the first lady dies, but that dog better live. Yeah. Wow. Save that dog. Sa- saving the world from aliens and, and the guy's final words are like, like, up yours and I'm back. And like, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing particularly like awesomely heroic about any of that. I don't know. I like the, that part always makes me kind of like tear up a little bit. Cause it's like Randy Craig's character is such a fuck up <laughs> and it's like, everyone makes fun of him and his kids are kind of like kind of disappointed in him and it's like he just doesn't do anything redeemable the entire movie and he kind of like knows that he's a shithead and so he's like oh like this is one thing i can do so it's like this really nice moment that's actually like really sad because i'm like oh you're doing this for your kids but he's like because so, yeah he's like i'm a really shitty father and person <laughs> and drunk all the time so i heard this thing i'm curious if you guys heard about it i'm pretty sure it's real but i'm not going to say 100 percent but that they shot two different versions of that. One was a version where he, they wouldn't let him fly a jet fighter, but at the very last moment he shows up in the crop dusting plane and flies it right into the alien weapon and blows it up and saves the day. Did you guys ever hear about that one? I've never heard about that one. Nope. That seems, I mean, he had a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> are they implying that just like running the crop duster into the thing would explode the whole ship maybe that's why they decided to change their minds could the crop and duster even do that what fly straight up i don't know no but yeah. like get that high and also fly yeah. that fast it's not the know. same level of play i mean i don't know there's yeah, so many like other illogical things that happen in this movie fighters <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be pretty ridiculous, but in my mind, it's to the point where when I watch this movie, I can't remember which version I'm about to see. (laughs) Wait, does he get in the biplane or does he get into a jet fighter? Because both are kind of ridiculous. Equally plausible. Yeah. And I love that he steals that line from Airplane, I picked a hell of a day to quit drinking. And it (laughs) really works. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, I think, uh, Holland, you said, like, time just works really weird in this movie. Yeah. Sometimes things happen faster than they ever would. It's crazy, because it's like, in the beginning, everything's going really fast, because they're like, oh, we have 25 minutes. And then it's like, Jeff Goldblum's like, okay, well, we have six hours until this countdown stops. And then, like, all of the six hours basically is spent driving to D.C. And then it's like, okay, now we have, like, 20 minutes. And then it's like, okay. And then this, like, it's things either are going really fast or, like... It's basically like short amount of times are, ha- are is happening very slow and large amounts of time are happening very quickly, which like yeah. makes sense for an action movie. But it, it's very weird because every time they do a countdown, it's like, oh, we only have this much time. And it's like, oh, but actually we have this much time. Oh, no, we only have this. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very disjointing. Well, it's weird when you can see the smoke and mirrors, like when you can see the puppet strings. Yeah, then that whole thing falls flat. There's also this thing that bugged me twice in the movie, and it's like, like you were talking about when they're rushing to get to D.C., and it's like, we absolutely must do this. It's the most important thing in the world. And then we get there, and he's like, no, I'm not going to talk to the president. He doesn't want to talk to me. And they have to have this argument <laughs> to convince him to do the thing that he just drove eight hours to do because they need conflict. It's oh, like yeah. uh, the Secretary of Defense spends half of the movie trying to convince the president to launch a nuclear missile. And then after that doesn't work, and there's some other plan that comes up, that guy's like, no, you can't do that. That'll never work. That's stupid. He suddenly becomes this other character just as somebody is arguing. 
So, I don't know. It sounds like we're saying a lot of bad stuff about the movie, but it was still, it was fun. You know? I love this yeah. movie. Glossy and action <laughs> like, Now that we've been, like, crapping on it. I know, I really love minutes. it. I actually, I have something kind of weird that I liked about the movie, which I haven't actually said about a movie that we've watched, but I really liked the color in this movie. Yeah. Like they did a really cool job of like every time there was an explosion, there was like the glowing blue of the alien behind mm. it. Like it was really cool, like very graphic, which yeah. is kind of ties into what Brett was saying with the poster. Um, but it's usually like when you see a poster that dramatic, it's very like forced and isn't actually in the film that way. I was like, it was cool to see the film with those extreme colors and like. Totally, mm. I noticed that too, and it, it's <laughs> having just seen the new one. Um, the the there's a real stark difference between this one having a lot of. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call them iconic, but definitely like it had shots that just were you know powerful in their composition, and uh, the I don't think the new one had like a single moment where where it had any of the the uh stylistic flair that this the original had oh yeah. that's disappointing it's all just, it's like a lot of stuff happens but it's never like composed in that that really cool way mm. Mm. not that i i have a ton of expectations for the new movie but that's a little disappointing to hear i am interested in seeing it i knew there was a lot of uh uh like callback stuff but i did not realize exactly how many references they were making in the mm-hmm. new one when you see yeah. it uh try to count them because i feel like there were there were so many more that i'm watching this i was like oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> i didn't realize that's what they were doing uh, but there's a lot of I, a lot of fun callbacks for me there's a lot of movies where clearly they make a sequel because oh the first one was successful let's make some more money but it's shocking to me that it took 20 years to make a sequel for this because you just blew up one ship with a flimsy computer virus. Of course, the other alien ships are going to come back. Like, tomorrow. Like, why did it take 20 <laughs> years for more aliens to come? Maybe it, they answer I that. I can tell you the sad reason why, probably. Because the box office numbers for this movie were probably not in the we must make a sequel range. Really? I thought it was successful. I thought this was, like, really big at the time. Yeah, but there's like, at the time, sequels weren't that big. So like in order uh. for something to get a sequel, it had to make an extreme amount of money. It didn't just have to be successful. It had to be hyper successful. And the reason why they're making a sequel now is because there's this whole like drive in Hollywood to reuse properties, reuse properties, make sequels. So mm. the threshold, the financial threshold for what qualifies for a sequel is way lower and they're like, oh, this movie made significant amount. This like, movie made $800 million. That might have been in the threshold then. <laughs> I don't know why then. But you make a good point. Oh, We're in a, a franchise culture movie. now. And at the time, yeah. not so much. Yeah. I think yeah. like at the time, Shrek came out with a sequel and everyone was like, Shrek 2 was bomb. Oh, Shrek 2 was, was so good. It was totally bomb. But if you remember the culture <laughs> around that time, it was like, yeah. oh, they made a sequel. It's going to be bad. And everyone was like, what? A sequel? That's good. Maybe better mm. than the original. This yeah. is unheard of. So it wasn't a time 
where sequels were huge. Yeah. And then people realized that uh, qualitative measurement didn't matter, and it was even bad sequels make more money than the originals, and then it won't tell. Yeah, everything is a freaking sequel. Uh, Hate. See also Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Yeah. There's so many of those. I stopped watching after like. Trans- I think I've only seen the first like three. Transformers is so much worse. There's like oh, yeah, six of those. Like too. they are seriously encroaching on land before time territory. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they did with the Saw movies. There were like seven or eight Saw uh, movies. Yeah, but you can't really know. judge horror movies. That's a whole different animal. Horror, yeah. horror movies are I different. Also, granted, but also there was like one Saw movie and then a bunch of like horrifying torture porn movies. Yeah, Agreed. I thought they're all Only torture porn. The, the first one Saw was, was a, a little pretty more ingenious of a concept. Movie. But I'm pretty sure those movies came out like so quickly in succession. Oh yeah, like yeah. It they like were. It's like year. one a year. I was like, how? Because they only need one room. That's true. Yeah, I, well, so they started to, to get more complicated. It's like four or five rooms. <laughs> yeah. Depending saw, on what saw, movie it was. So, like, Saw 3 had three rooms, Saw 4 had four rooms. This one, there's a second room. <laughs> this time, there are three saws. <laughs> Why isn't there one called Saws? Three different types of saws. Uh. It's like a chainsaw. Saw is the revenge. A circular saw. I don't even... A bone saw. How many kinds of saws are there? A seesaw. (laughs) You could have a band saw in which they kill an entire musical group. I, I want like, more Saw movies. Why like did they stop? Saw. I want yeah. Seesaw. <laughs> Some, somebody wakes well, up like just like tied to a children's like. Ooh. Yeah. What it is, it's a seesaw with an actual saw tied to one end. Yeah. And as you seesaw on it, you're like chopping somebody's face. Oh, or maybe like it's at your head is on it. And then it's like if it goes up, you like it decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write this movie. <laughs> we can't seesaw. air this part because somebody will steal your idea and I make know, a lot of money off it. of it. I've already mentioned so many things. I already mentioned my idea of having a, one actor play every role in a movie at different times of his yeah, life. I'm just like a gold mine here. Fueling Hollywood right here. Damn it. Come on, Hollywood. Someone's going to listen to this podcast. What you need to do is get yourself a camera and a baby and just get to work. (laughs) I have a camera. One day that baby's going to grow up. Yeah, I got to start now. I need a time machine. I just feel like someone's probably already on this is the problem. Yeah. But maybe not. I think Eddie Murphy's on it. I think it's a secret project that he'll roll out in 2030. I feel like some director, like because maybe even link later like he could be doing it with his daughter right now well she doesn't really want to act but it's like some director like had this idea and was like i'm going to procreate for, procreate for the sole purpose of making my ultimate life's work i love the idea that link daughter hates that shit it's so funny because it's like you can tell in the early like in early boyhood like she's like at least kind of into it but by the end of boyhood it's just like she did not want to do this <laughs> it's like this girl was just put into this movie because her dad wanted to make this she does Aww. not seem amused by the end of the movie so yeah I, I think i think i'll come out of the gate and say i think this movie was pretty much exactly what i expected it was pretty fun it was flawed i was Maybe it was just an unusually good transfer, but I felt like the visuals were way better than I expected. Totally. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was a good time. 
What, what did you think, Sam? Like, and you, as the person who'd never seen it. Yeah, so it definitely felt dated, but not in like a bad way. Um, it just felt like very of that time period and was surprisingly enjoyable. And I was totally willing to overlook the flaws because it was just so fun. Mm. And I loved the visuals. It was like, had very sophisticated cinematography for this type of movie, I feel. Yeah. And I think that definitely made it really watchable. It didn't feel boring. And it was just, I liked it. And I don't know why, because <laughs> I don't think it's like, like going to make, it's definitely not like an AFI top 100 quality movie. So I can't really say why I liked it, but it was just like fun. Well, and you talk a lot about the visuals, like as far as, the visuals like that was the best possible example of visual effects in 1996 yeah of that time it's the best maybe not the best story but it was fun and it was really nice seeing uh stuff that wasn't cg yeah like real real models of stuff flying around yeah i feel like this is one of the last i guess it's like late it's like mid to late 90s where you start to see the last movies that actually use practical stuff and where it's like before early cg because early cg just looks really bad so it's like action movies and movies like this from like 2000 2001 do not hold up nearly as well as movies from like the 90s like before cg before so it's good i it's what i'm trying to say (laughs) and then in the rare case where you do get something like the force awakens where they started to use a lot of physical props and models again you know we're going back to like okay that's that stuff looks really good it really makes a difference it does it's actually a lot cheaper too yeah yeah Um, because um directors a lot of times will go in and change the effects because they can they love to have that manipulation but it yeah. makes CG so much more expensive. Whereas it's like models, it took you six months to build these models. <laughs> like, yeah. no, we're not going to go back and change them. Like, Yeah, that's how I feel about stuff. Like I would so much rather watch like some schlocky like 80s horror movie with all the like, cause even like, cause like obviously like Rick Baker stuff is just like amazing mm-hmm. or like any of like the claymation type horror stuff like that with like the melting and like faces melting and crap like that versus watching like some low budget horror movie that comes out now on like sci-fi or something like that where it's all this like weird CG After that's effects, just like, blood. yeah, where it's yeah. like, oh, we'll just literally do all of this in post. And then you're just like, oh, watching like this older movie holds up so much better than something that's made like 30 years later that yeah, you just kind of like threw all of these like random effects on. Totally. Because if you don't have all the money to spend on it, it just like, yeah, I know that's my opinion. But even though Bryce mm-hmm. isn't here, I want to say that I really enjoy Bryce's After Effects Blood. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to insult. Uh, no, Bryce. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. Sorry. Going Don't off on my rant. Just like personally attacking. <laughs> Bryce everyone. is an After Effects master. Just start naming specific things that he did. I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Bryce knows the audience for his After Effects and does stuff to enhance it, yeah. not to replace something that would be better done another way. Not that if he was on the podcast, he would even speak up to defend himself. (laughs) Yeah, he might have said three (laughs) words in his own defense. 
So what did you think, Brett? Uh, I really liked this movie. Uh, it's the thing that I like the most about it is that it's from that era, the uh, the pre Nolan era, where watching millions, maybe billions of people be exploded to death was just fun. Uh, <laughs> and Nolan ruined that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, because yeah, because Nolan like has turned like everything since the first Batman came out has been this like like gritty dark depression oh. fest and like everything is so serious and there was nothing serious about global annihilation in this movie yeah. like everybody was just like oh like shit's blowing up and then but like they're still having a good time flying the planes and like talking <laughs> trash and like i mean there was it's it's a fun uh, apocalypse movie and that doesn't happen anymore i miss it <laughs> and nolan had to show us the stark consequences of human suffering and death yeah and like who wants to see that <laughs> Yeah, if you want to see that, go watch like Schindler's List or something. God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so good movie. Uh, I'm I'm down with it. I want to see more. I want to see more stuff like this. But but maybe I don't know. I don't know where where you cross the line uh, into like. Does it have to be serious to be like high cinema? Because it definitely doesn't no. fall into the category of like the best movies of all time. Uh, but it was more fun than some of the movies that I would put in that category. Yeah. So I, would, I don't know. I want movies to be more fun. I would offer you fifth element, one of the best movies ever made and is not the least bit serious. I yes. love that movie. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Except yeah. Nick won't let us watch it for the podcast. Cause it's too good. <laughs> yeah. I generally don't want to watch movies that are like, we know they're awesome, but you won't have to do much work to convince me to watch Fifth Element for the podcast. <laughs> yes. I've thrown it out there like four times. All right. Let's do it. So, okay. Holland, does this movie hold up to your distant memories of watching it last year? <laughs> uh, I really like it's one of those things where because when I think about this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a fun movie. But then after I watch it, I'm just like, oh, my God, I love this movie. <laughs> like it's something about like having like every time I like just watch it. I remember how fond I am of it. I really, but it, it's hard because it's like, oh, like I know it's flawed, but I really enjoy watching this movie and it's really good. And it's also like, because I'm not a huge action movie person, but I think it's because my issue with action movies now is there's, there's so many, expl it's kind of what you were saying. It's like so many explosions and so much destruction, but it's also to the point where I can't follow like what is happening? I'm just like, is has everything blown up? Is everyone dead? I don't understand. Mm. I just feel like it's just one explosion totally. after another, and it's just like lots of running and things blowing up and like all this like distraction and like I can't tell what the actual story is. And with this one, you can yeah. still at least kind of follow like what's happening, where people are going. Well, that's a really and there's like a core group of characters for you to follow along with. That's an interesting thought because as I was watching this, the scene where they escape from the mothership, yeah. uh, they, they fly through and it's like, Oh no, it's closing really slowly. And then they fly through. And then like the, the other, the other spaceships that were following them are like very <laughs> slowly, like approaching the, the thing, but they crash still. Yeah. But it was like, it was an action scene that you knew was fast paced, but like, wasn't 
like it was really easy to follow but still had the action yeah. feel to it yeah uh, totally. and like the new movies are just zip i can't follow more. anything yeah. anymore and like it's hard because i'll go see them and i'm like am i just stupid like do no. i not know because afterwards i'll like talk about the movie with someone i'm like what happened like what was when that scene went to the next thing like i can't follow anything like the same thing with even going to see like any of like the marvel like superhero movies or anything i have no idea what's happening ever totally. and it's so great to go back and watch these movies because i'm like oh i can't actually get what happens you, i have a theory on why that is why because with cg you can get such like beautiful detail and yeah. all of your explosions and effects so they frame them all super close so you have no reference as to what is happening you're just like buildings are exploding blah 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 it's happening like okay and then you don't have any like overall context for where the characters are and where they are in the environment so you're very confused as yeah. a watcher because you're just like okay stuff's exploding but where are they in relation to each other to the other characters to the world yeah one more that, that was a real problem with the uh, transformers yeah. movies i think oh, oh yeah it, so like... it was just chaos also yeah. not separating uh character development from the action uh yeah. That, yeah that's another huge transformers problem where it's like there's a lot of like plot points and conversations that pop up while they're fighting and you can't watch and listen to all of that and absorb all of it and so mm -hmm. you like there's a lot to miss out on yeah it's really distracting i find totally. i watch a lot of these type of genre movies and enjoy them a lot but just get bored whenever fighting starts it's like i could I completely check out during yeah. fights and come back later yeah but then it's hard because then if they do express important things during fights you're like oh crap i just I don't know. And they feel long. Like this movie is two and a half hours, but it doesn't feel long. It's not yeah. like I'm like halfway through it and like looking at my phone and being like, oh my God, how much more of this? Completely like, agreed. Like in the beginning, I was like, oh yeah, they really get to the alien invasion right off the bat. I'm not waiting. I'm not mm -hmm. suffering through inane character development. It's just, let's go. But it, it also like it slow. took their time with the character development too. It wasn't like uh, it, it wasn't like aliens straight into action. It was aliens, and then you got time to see everyone's like reaction to the invasion. And there was like mm -hmm. the whole setup and like their whole contrived countdown clock thing actually allowed for a lot of time for us to get to know the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's and hard because we, we like complained about the weird time things and then we're like, but actually <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Well, we got to know them while stuff was happening. We could see their quirks and their character their stuff happening while other things were happening. You know, we, mm -hmm. Jeff Goldblum is obsessed with protecting the planet and recycling, wants to do the right thing, but he also thinks he's really smart and doesn't pay attention to anybody else. And we got to see that in the midst of the chaos happening. I think that really works. So generally, you're, uh, you're just as pleased now as you were last year. Back yeah, to and I'm going to watch it again next year. All right. <laughs> just every day. <laughs> Maybe pals. I'll even watch it sooner. Does it feel weird being in Europe and like it's Independence Day weekend and I'm watching Independence Day? Is that like the most American <laughs> thing you could do abroad? Totally. The weird thing happened when uh, everybody at work is on vacation this week or next week, I guess. And I just didn't know it. And I planned to do some work. And now there won't be anybody at the office to communicate with. Because I guess there's a <laughs> holiday happening. I did notice, though, that everybody's 
equivalent of Independence Day happens in June and July. Russia Day huh. is the end of June. Um, the because they have real winter. Today's Canada Day. There's a rough Today? equivalent really? in yeah. Italy that happened a few weeks ago in June. Hmm. I, I guess everybody decides to redo their entire society as is summer it like, is kicking Oh, off. man, it's hot out and we're oppressed? Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm start some shit. <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't know, though, because isn't, um, what is it, Bastille, Bastille Day? That's like May, right? That's like earlier. I yeah, I don't know. know. I don't start know. Start of spring. I know nothing. It's fine. Yeah, it's either I like the start like of spring or start of summer, I feel like. Are the two main yeah no revolutions in the winter it's too damn cold for that yeah. shit yeah. totally <laughs> not enough food yeah so i think we had a pretty good experience with uh independence day all in all um so of course we do this uh, every two weeks and we'd love it if you'd uh subscribe to the show check us out in another two weeks as we do another movie and of course, uh, if you did enjoy Independence Day, then Independence Day Resurgence is in theaters right now. So you can check out where the story continues, which uh, I'm eager to do uh, as soon as I get back in the U.S. It's hopefully that and Ghostbusters and what's the other big one that I'm about to, I don't know, a bunch of things I need to catch up on. Star Wars. But yeah, if you liked Independence Day, check out uh, Independence Day Resurgence in theaters. Yeah, um, so if you like the podcast, uh, this is part of the Last Dash TV network. Uh, we have a YouTube channel with a drinking show that it stars me and Ash, who's not here today, uh, but it's pretty funny. We get super drunk. Uh, we have... And eventually Holland. Oh, yeah, and Holland's going to be on that someday. I'm excited slash nervous because <laughs> I got super drunk. What <laughs> never happens. What um, drinks were enjoyed in that show? What's the theme? Uh, they None were video game probably. themed. So I remember there was like a, a Bioshock themed gin and tonic that oh, I God. really liked. Crazy, crazy, crazy cocktails. It's just like it was also just like a lot of liquid. Oh <laughs> man, it was pretty great. It was a pretty great episode. So watch oh, that when gosh. that comes out. I got really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a. What else do we have? Video uh, game parodies. Yeah, we ha- we also have video game parodies, like the Watch Dogs parody or a new Fallout parody. Um, there's a there's a cooking show, but this is this is my thing. Watch, listen to all of the podcast episodes. <laughs> uh, and speaking of podcasts, the reminder: Holland has. The- oh yeah, I have the Sunnydale Study Group. So if you like rewatching things, which I assume you do, if you're listening to this podcast, um, and you like things that take place in the 90s which i'm assuming you do because you just watched independence day uh you know 96 about the same time actually that buffy started because buffy started in 1997 uh so yeah sunnydale study group is a buffy rewatch podcast uh with me and my two friends chris and omar and we talk about buffy and go on tangents um and it's fun you can find it on itunes or sunnydale study group on twitter and that'll link you to all the things Yep, and uh, other other or SSG podcast. Sorry, I can't even tag my things correctly. It's What's SSG that? podcast SSG. on Twitter. Yep, there we go. Cool. Uh, other other Twitter things. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, tell us uh, that all of our opinions are wrong, or suggest a movie, uh, you can <laughs> uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Let's Rewatch. Uh, we all have personal 
Twitters as well. Uh, I'm Brad Eagles. Sam is Sam L. Wilson. Uh, Nick, you're One Wheel Nick. Um, and do you have a personal Twitter? Yeah, I'm just Holland Farkas. I'm like the only Holland Farkas. <laughs> the only oh, I'm just Holland Farkas. I'm pretty Farkas. sure. If there's another one, I'm going to be real upset. But for now, I think it's just me. Yeah, you kind of um, won then, the lottery on having a cool, unique name. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty okay with it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it grew on me. And if you liked our podcast, please go ahead and give us a review on iTunes or Google Play Music or on Libsyn or on Stitcher because you're awesome and we love you and we need your support. Cool. So thanks for rewatching Independence Day with us and be sure to join us again in another two weeks when we rewatch something else. Yeah, next time we'll be watching Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. <laughs> what? Ooh, Is that a classy? Classy? <laughs>